It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Thanks for joining us this Friday afternoon. I am Susie Hunter, joined by super producer Kale. Say what's up. What up? Thank you. He, I'm glad you waited for permission to talk. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not my personality. Okay. We have an absolutely jam-packed show for you today. I mean, first of all, of course, we're going to break down this Rockies game, this first of a three-game set in Chicago against the Cubs. But we also talked to Jeff Dooley about the guy the Rockies just called up from AA Hartford, pitcher Noah Davis. And Josh Sushant updates us on Tovar time because Ezekiel Tovar made his AAA debut Thursday night. The highly hyped Rockies prospect. We're going to hear more about him. Plus, Caitlin Hendricks, a Cubs fan and an MLB content creator, is going to join the show too and talk all things Cubs and also tell us why she's not a White Sox fan. But first... Let's talk about the game that we just watched. So the Rockies lose that game 2-1 to one against the Cubs. Marquez honestly did not look so bad, but unfortunately could not get the win. And it happened really fast, too, or it started really fast, rather, because three pitches in, the Cubs were already up one nothing. Zach McKinstry t- tripled, then Ian Happ singled. It all happened so fast. And then in the fifth inning, a leadoff homer from McKinstry made it 2 nothing. And honestly, this is what kind of annoys me about it. It only would have been a home run at Wrigley. So literally anywhere else. Plus, it looks like the wind probably pushed that out a little bit too. So really just bad luck for Marquez. 
Seven innings pitched out of him, six hits, two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts, and of course that one home run in the fifth inning. On the other side, Marcus Stroman was absolutely dealing today. He got seven innings, just allowed three hits, one home run, and five strikeouts. He was also no-hitting the Rockies through five innings. So it was getting a little dicey, but then all hell broke loose. Rymac with a homer in the sixth inning made it 2-1. And that's how it stayed for the rest of the game. But that's our king of the game. Ryan McMahon, shout out to him. There he is, little crown and everything. So yeah, one home run. That was it. It was a very quiet game for the Rockies in this sense. Not too much going on. Only got three hits. But yeah, that one home run from Ryan McMahon got the Rockies on the board. And that's how the score stayed. So now, after this loss, the Rockies fall to 62 and 82. The Cubs improve to 62 and 82. So literally they're going into Saturday's game with the exact same record. And interesting to note, okay, 100 losses still possible for both of these for either of these teams right now this season. 100 losses. So if the Rockies were to lose every game, they could have 100 losses. Let's hope that doesn't happen. It's pretty unlikely. <laughs> Pretty unlikely, Pretty but unlikely. like it would be a bummer if we already watched the fir- the last win of the season. <laughs> what actually? <laughs> when you put it that way, yeah, bummer. that's a major bummer. <laughs> I would hate that. But yeah, 100, 100 losses is still possible for either of those teams. They were to lose every single game for the rest of the season. Uh, but I do think it's pretty funny that same record, battle for the basement here, but things are... Things are a little rougher for the Rockies. We're in a pretty rough division. We were talking about that. I was on the CHGO podcast, the CHGO Cubs podcast today. I'm surprised they let me on, considering I make fun of Chicago every chance that I get. Kale has not heard my Chicago monologue. I have not heard your Chicago monologue. Do we want to get into it now? I don't know. It's long. It's about the pizzas. It's about how much I do not like Wrigley. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. One of these days. One of th- I think I've done pieces of it. You guys know. Y'all know. <laughs> we are... Oh, we've got a... Oh, I was going to say we have a comment, but I don't understand it. So we're not going to read it. <laughs> Welcome to my stream of consciousness, a.k.a. the DNVR Rockies podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by... Oh, by the way, we should mention... We should mention... Tailgates this weekend. We got a big one. Huge tailgate. Huge tailgate. Huge tailgate. First game at Mile High against the Texans. The DNVR tailgate starts at 11 a.m. And if you're a member, it's even better because members get price breaks on Broncos tailgates and Nuggets party buses. They get an annual, that annual membership comes with a free t-shirt. You get an extra member-sized beer at the DNVR bar, extra raffle tickets at all of the watch parties to win free gear, and all access to our members-only Discord. So you don't have to worry about jerks and politics. You can just talk baseball with us or whatever sport you are trying to chat about. But yeah, I'm very excited for the tailgate. Kale, will you be going? Of course. It's a Broncos tailgate. It's a Broncos tailgate. 
It's a Broncos tailgate. You have to be there. Actually, it's going to be super dope because we've got the DJ that are coming out. The food truck is an absolute game changer, the Mile High Sliders. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just going to be the place to be if you're a Broncos fan in Denver. Uh, It's the party of the weekend, and it's right before the Broncos game, which I think I'm going to try and go to as well. So it should be a party. Um, Kale, are you going to try to go to it via tickets from the Game Time app? Oh, my God. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> what a we, transition. <laughs> we are so, we're actually super excited because we're now working with Game Time. It's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, shows, pretty much everything that has a ticket, you can get it on Game Time. So if you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could attain, like, I don't know, the 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate. This is very real. I got into Broncos games last year's for like $35, and it's going to be a little bit different with Russell Wilson, but like I used Game Time right before the game a bunch of times last year a bunch of times last year and Mm -hmm. it was seriously the clutchest thing ever so game time is like this was before they were our partner but i've been using them for years i love it i love it yeah look at these deals for rockies games too you can go to the whole the whole giant series for um six dollars and next tuesday we're all meeting up at the game so get tickets for next tuesday using the game time app come hang out on the rooftop with all the dnvr people yes Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that my coworkers are also going to hang out at a Rockies game like me and Patrick have been doing for hundreds of games <laughs> in a row. It's true. It's true. But yeah, those last minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy if you want to attend a Rockies game, which are, you know, usually pretty well attended. Um, then you can save up to 60% when you wait closer to first pitch with game time. The bottom line is if you love DNVR, you will love game time. It's the best way or the best way to support us rather is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million fans who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. And if you're not going to go to the event, you can watch it on Avaca TV. It's the new goat in Colorado sports. That is the greatest of all TV. Avaca TV delivers amped up sports coverage for Colorado fans featuring Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet, and the NFL Network. Get the most regional content for the lowest price for sports in Colorado, all in crystal clear HD while using less bandwidth and enjoy more than 60 entertainment channels, including news, movies, all of the above. Turn your home into the ultimate game viewing zone. You can even stream your teams from your phone, laptop, or tablet when you're on the go. So you can also use that. You can also use the added, I'm sorry, you can also add on a discount rather. Sling TV bundle and get ESPN and more. Avaca is only $25 a month plus $5 receiver fee. That's like nothing, right? But right now, Colorado sports fans get $10 off per month for your first three months. So to score this deal, go to Avaca TV slash Colorado 10. So that's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10. No contracts, no catches. Avaca TV is made for champions of the remote. What do you think, Kale? I am an Avaca customer and I love yes. it. 
We love our sponsors. We actually have like dope sponsors. It's like the best part about working here is our sponsors are actually like really rad things that we can get behind so that we don't have to lie. It's the best. I can't lie. I'm like really bad at it. Uh, But yeah, I am super excited. I like the thing I'm most excited about this coming homestand is having you guys at the game on Tuesday. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have so much fun. It's going to be lit. I'm going to watch you guys drink so many tall boys. As you know, Super Consumer Kale will be in full attendance. Yes. When Super Producer Kale is not producing the, sh- the show, when he's out at a Rockies game, he's actually a super consumer of tall boys, and it's quite impressive. I yes. once had five in a game. Wouldn't recommend doing that ever again, but oh, no. it was a lot. Um, so fun fact, the, um, the Rockies AA affiliate, the Hartford Yard Ghosts, a team that I talk about way too much, they have so their small beer is 16 ounces and their large beer is 32 ounces it's just this like massive cup okay that's a large cup of beer it's a it's a quart so if you drink four beers if you drink four beers at a yard goats game you just drank a gallon of beer that sounds unsafe it's quite something but i lived in walking distance to the park so i would regular their first season regularly would drink four 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 like, I would drink a gallon of beer and feel awful the next day. Like, why do I feel awful? It's because you drank a gallon of beer. We called them rally gallons. Rally gallons. <laughs> love that. Love, love that for the yard goats. Um, okay, speaking of the yard goats, we talked to Jeff Dooley earlier today because a guy that he has watched a lot of this season just got called up to the Rockies. So, without further ado, Kale, please roll the interview with Jeff Dooley. Joining the pod now is the voice okay, of the Hartford Yard Goats, Jeff Dooley. Thank you for coming back again. I know we just talked oh, nice. to you, but we have more things to talk about because one of your guys is now one of our guys. Yeah, that's right. Noah Davis getting the call up today, which is really exciting. We're thrilled from one of the best pitchers, I think, on the club, certainly this year, one of the one of the top guys in the league. And I think he showed what he can do. He leads the team in wings, innings pitched, and strikeouts, and He's someone that I thought really got better since day one. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm thrilled to death for him that he's got a chance now to to show what he can do on the main stage. Yeah, I know he's been dealing all season, but were you surprised that he made the jump from Hartford to Colorado? Well, he was on the 40 man major league roster. So I thought if there was a fit where, you know, they didn't have to maybe make a roster move to take somebody off, then I thought there was a chance perhaps um, but uh, it's really cool when you see a guy. And it happened with Ryan Feltner last year. Ryan Feltner was scheduled to pitch against the uh, the Somerset Patriots, and Kristen Norfia brings him into his office and says, oh, by the way, you're heading to Philly, and you're starting against Philadelphia next week. So that's pretty cool how that can happen. And I think, Susie, as you know, once the guys get up to the higher levels, AA and AAA, and when they arrive in Hartford, it's almost like, you best be big league ready because you never know when that phone call will ring. And if it's a spot where the position makes sense and the Rockies obviously want to see what he can do up there, then they give them a call and it's good to see him in Denver now. Yes, for sure. We're so excited to see him when we do get to see him. Um, So what should we expect from Noah Davis? I mean, we know he's, you know, your ace, but what should we expect to see? Well, he's a guy that competes, and I think that's the biggest thing. He's very durable. He's someone I know that the coaches could rely on every five days to go out there and make a start. And you can't overlook that. You know, your numbers are your numbers, but someone I think that can go out there that you can count on that will chew up innings. And he was kind of that workhorse this season. 
And I thought he did some things to, to get better towards the end of the season. Uh, I think like a lot of pitchers that we saw in the Eastern League this year, he took his lumps early. It was a tough transition going from high A to double A. It always is for, for the most part. You see everyone dealing with that. Some guys have to repeat a second season. But I thought he was certainly one of the better pitchers down the stretch. And so good to see him get that opportunity now to, to show what he can do in front of Bud Black and the coaching staff in Colorado. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I know the Yargoats have had, you know, a very special team this year, but also one of the best seasons. But you guys have kind of been snubbed here at the end of the double A season. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough finish for sure. The, you know, the first half ended, as you know, with a chance to maybe get to the postseason. And unfortunately, they lost the last two games in Somerset. And that was the team that had Michael Tolley in company. And a lot of those guys got promoted. Uh, after that and and then we were in the hunt really till the till just yesterday was when we were officially eliminated from playoff contention it was kind of a long shot because the red sox philly portland had to lose all six games uh in somerset against the yankee affiliate so it was a fun ride this year i mean it's all about development but it's great for our fans to see these guys go up but you know the hartford community they love to support the yard goats and let me tell you, there's a lot of people and fans excited that Noah Davis now is a Colorado Rocky. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I bet. I, this is record wise, this is one of the best seasons the Yard Goats have had, or is it the best season the Yard Goats it have is, had? It is. Yeah. It's 75 wins the most in franchise history. So there's a couple of cool things. Uh, Brenton Doyle, who's having a fabulous season, he's got 21 home runs now. Michael Tolley, before he departed for AAA, and now obviously he's doing it uh, with the Rockies, he set the franchise home run record with 23. So Mike uh, Brenton Doyle, rather, has got a couple of games to maybe break the record twice during the course of the season, which is really, really cool. Um, and then Ryan McMahon, uh, one of the staples in Hartford, as you know, back when he was just a, a kid, right, so many years ago. I know. <laughs> unbelievable but uh Aaron Schunk who's having a fabulous season actually tied Max uh single season RBI record at 75 don't tell Mac now he might get upset about that but uh, oh we're telling him right away <laughs> so uh so he's got a couple of games to be the all-time RBI leader but yeah all in said and done they they broke home run records they broke run scored records and they broke stolen base records so I think for a lot of Rocky fans that we know watch your show Susie they need to be excited because there's a lot of talent coming through the system and a lot of talent at the higher level now at the minor league system that hopefully will uh, contribute in Colorado real soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of lots of talent, these yard goats had to go against not one, not two, but four Yankees rehab assignments very recently. How did that look? Hey, yeah, it was really cool uh, for Yard Goat fans to, to get a chance to see those guys. Luis Severino pitched the first game, and he was just, um, you know, he gave up a, a two-run home run to um, to Grant Levine, who, and after the game, you could just tell he was kind of upset about it. And then he kind of found that next gear that major league guys could often do, and that was the last hit we had off him. He retired the last nine batters of the game, so... Um, but, you know, Levine can say that he hit a home run off, a, a you know, a major league all-star. But I think for fans and I think for both teams, I think for the Somerset Patriots, you kind of rise to the occasion when you have that type of major league rehab around you. Uh, Eraldis Chapman came in as well, which was really, really cool. Um, and Harrison Bader, who, who um, the Yankees signed at the trading deadline to try to uh, improve their outfield defense, he 
actually DH, so he got to play at Dunkin' Donuts Park as well. And, and uh, uh, Castro was the other one who came in a relief and pitched an inning. So it was really cool to see those guys. And, of course, in Hartford, we all said it's the Yard Ghost versus the New York Yankees. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of New York Yankees for one weekend. But of course, everyone knows Dunkin' Donuts Park is better than Yankee Stadium. So I'm sure they were also thrilled to get to play in Hartford. It was a lot of fun. And they all said great things about the ballpark. And they're kind of like, wow, this wasn't like this when I was in Double A. So yeah, we're very fortunate to have the facility that we do. And it was really cool for fans that the game was sold out anyway. So it was like an added bonus. Oh, by the way, come in and see three or four Yankees play. And, you know, and even that first game with, uh, with Severino going really cool thing for the, the, the bonus people that maybe got tickets in the middle of the summer, knowing it was going to be the last season of the year. And to get to see those Yankees was, was I think really cool for the local community. Yeah, that's so cool. Now, how do these players feel heading into a series like that? Are they nervous because it's like, okay, like th these are major leaguers and they're New York Yankees. These are some of the best athletes. Is it overwhelming or is it like, oh, I get to do this and I'm going to show them what I have? Yeah, it's a win-win for the minor league guys. It really is. And obviously for the home team guys, the, the big league guys usually come in and buy the food and, you know, maybe something else too. So it's a, it's a really cool experience. But you know, if you go up there and you strike out against Aralis Chapman, you're supposed to strike out, right? I mean, this guy's a Hall of Famer, that type of talent that's throwing 103 miles an hour. But if you get a hit off him, um, like Tovar did earlier this season, or if you Levine and, you know, you take Severino deep, you've got that story to tell. So I think it's really a win-win for the minor league guys. They, they might try to hide their excitement, but I do remember when the goat, Yard Goats faced Max Scherzer earlier in the season – and a couple of players came up to me, they're like, Duels, what are you going to tell me next? And I said, well, you may be facing Chapman again. And sure enough, that was the case because he got re-injured came back again. So, But I think they live for the opportunity. A lot of the guys, Susie, as you know, though, they, they go to spring training and, and some get called over at the minor league side. So even though it's a different feel for spring training, a lot of the yard goal players have been in games against major league guys. So mm -hmm. um, it's sometimes it's not the first time they've done that, but... You know, but to see it really up close and at Dunkin' Donuts Park was really, really cool. Yeah, they've been there. They've done that. Well, Jeff Dooley, thank you so much for updating us on a season in Hartford that I'm sure was one for the books. But yeah, thanks for joining us. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Susie. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Ugh. I love duels. Also, just I still cannot believe that the Yard Goats, our double-A guys, had to face four Yankees in one series. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. The Yankees love, I feel like they love sending rehab assignments to Hartford because it's such a beautiful stadium. The facilities are flawless. Absolutely incredible. Um, we're going to stay on the topic of some of our top prospects. So Ezekiel Tovar, one of the most talked about, highly hyped Rockies prospects. He's been rehabbing in Arizona, and this week he has been called up to AAA. So he made his AAA debut Thursday night. So we spoke with Josh Sushan, who saw it all go down. So Kale, let's hear what Josh has to say. All right, joining the pod now is the voice of the Albuquerque Isotopes, my good friend, Josh Sushan. How are you doing out there? I'm fantastic, Susie. Thank you for having me on once again. Thank you for coming on. We need to talk about the new guy because okay. you guys just got the prospect that every Rockies fan has been talking about 
since spring training. Ezekiel Tovar made his Albuquerque Isotopes debut. How did it go? To be honest, it kind of went uneventful, right? I mean, um, he he started this nice double play in the first inning, which I thought was cool that he got a play, a ball hit right at him. Um, he played seven innings that was by design. I'm glad that I asked beforehand since he hadn't played since June 29th. They want to kind of build him up. So he did have a hit. He went the other way. I thought that he might have been a little bit aggressive and swinging early, but maybe that's just who he is. I don't know. This is the first time I've ever seen him. I did not get to see him in spring training. Um, but I can tell you this. So Warren Schaefer is hitting ground balls way before the game, and I'm flipping the ground balls to, to Shea, uh, the baseball to Schaefer. And I'm watching Tilvar, and I'm just going like, oh, man. Like, everything just looks so smooth and effortless and, like, short hops on the backhand and charging in, like, all my favorite plays for shortstops to make, and he just makes it look so effortless. And then even just, you know, being in the clubhouse before the game and talking to coaches, and someone just, like, comes up to me, and they're like, have you seen him play yet? And I'm like, no. And they're like, you see, like, their eyes get bigger, right? And they're like, just wait, just wait. So I'm excited. I'm glad that he got his feet wet with the first one. And, you know, that he came out of it fun because he hasn't played in a long time. And they're going to continue to, to build him up. He's in the lineup again today. I know at some point he's going to DH. They'll probably give him a day off at some point here upcoming soon, too. Uh, but, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I, I'm, I was trying to think of when was the last, like, huge prospect that we, you know, that kind of compares. And, you know, Brendan Rodgers came up late in 2018. So that's probably either him or David Dahl when he came up about midway through 2016. Those would probably be, like, the comparisons in terms of just – excitement and hype and Rockies fans excited about what they can do. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear that. There's a lot of hype. Were the fans echoing that hype that you were seeing behind the scenes? I wish I could tell you that it was like this raucous standing ovation from people, <laughs> but I've, I, I want to be honest. And I don't know if a lot of people realized it. Wow. Now, here's the other thing. It kind of snuck up on honest too. Like mm -hmm. I remember reading some tweet from Danielle Allen talk, which was like two weeks ago, maybe even three or four weeks ago about how, He's going to go to Arizona and then he's coming to Albuquerque. And I thought, oh, okay, this is cool. And then it didn't happen. And I wasn't sure what was what. And then I heard that he was on his way here soon, but then like it had been a couple of days and he wasn't here. And then all of a sudden I saw his name in the lineup and I went, oh, okay, cool. You know, he's here like right on. Plus we've had like so much rain and delays and double headers, you know, that it's been such a, like a, we haven't really had much of a routine. So, you know, and also by the time that we were officially allowed to announce it, I think it was already like five or five 30. So it's not like we had a full day to kind of tell people about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that today, Saturday, Sunday, we can kind of get the word out to more people. And so that they can, you know, share in the excitement of this prospect. Cause it's Tovar time. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's change topics a little bit. You have been the go-to guy for interviews about the rule changes. We saw you on MLB Network. We've seen you do it, all of them. Um, so we're going to get an update. Now that some of these changes will be implemented next year, what is your take on what Major League Baseball is going to get next year? Let's start with the easiest one. That's the bigger basis. It's a no-brainer. You don't even notice that they're there, but the players notice there's just more room at first base in particular when it comes to a close play. I don't really think that it helps guys take a bigger lead or I don't know if it really helps them steal more bases. Maybe it does, but it's so minute, but it's just one of those things. that's just a no brainer. All the players like it. So let's just move on from that. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the shift, they can still shift at AAA. So I don't know what that's going to look like. So I'm going to eliminate oh. that one. So it's all about the pitch clock. And, and this is where, and I want to remind people the pitch clock started in minor league baseball in 2015. 
We have had it for a while. But over the years, the umpire stopped enforcing it, and the players learned how to manipulate it, and they learned all the loopholes, and so it became pointless. This year, they eliminated those loopholes, and there was a strict enforcement of it, and we saw a dramatic difference. And I'm happy to get into it with you about some of the different details, but the bottom line is I like it. I like it a lot. For people who say it's less baseball, I vehemently disagree. It's still three strikes and four balls and three outs and nine innings. It is just a better brand of baseball. There is just such a better rhythm and pace to the game. Even when we play ridiculous 12 to 10 games in Albuquerque, it's maybe three hours, maybe 315. Um, but it's, but again, it's not really the time. It's just it's the flow. It's what you're losing is batters stepping out of the box to readjust their gloves and pitchers pacing around the mound. That's what you're losing. Oh, okay. Interesting. Now, I know when we talked to you about this earlier this season, you mentioned how much faster the games were going. And then kind of later on in the season, you were like, oh, it's kind of readjusted and gotten a little longer. Was that just like a, was that a fluke? Or was there just a little more of an adjustment? Did the games get longer than how they were initially going? There was definitely an ebb and flow to to games. I, I think that initially the players were trying to react so much that I think everybody rushed themselves. And then they started to just get like this internal clock that says, if you're a hitter, like, okay, you can step out of the box, but you just have to be back in when there's nine seconds left, as opposed to not leaving the box. And as a pitcher, you knew about the clock and maybe some guys were throwing it five seconds on the clock, six seconds on the clock, just trying to throw as fast as they can so they wouldn't get a violation. And then they realized, I can use this whole clock. I can use the 14 seconds when no one's on base or the 19 seconds when someone is on base. And so I think that that started to slow games down, not dr drastically, but a little bit. It slowed down. Um, there's always going to be some teams, some pitchers that they're going for strikeouts. They run up full counts. They can't put hitters away. There's a lot of foul balls, and, and that's going to bring up the, the length of the game. But we've kind of hovered around the 245 mark. You know, sometimes it's 225, sometimes it's 255. We've kind of hovered around the 245 mark, which I think is a, is a pretty good sweet spot. Interesting. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the internal clock and adjusting to that and how guys were kind of rushing more than they needed to at first and then kind of backed off. How long did that adjustment take for a lot of these guys? I think for hitters, it was about one to two weeks because they would get, you know, anywhere from three to six at bats per game. So I think that they were able to adjust fastest. I think starting pitchers took the longest to adjust because they're only out there once every five days or once every six days. Um, by and large, I would say that within two to four weeks, there was very few violations. But I will say this about the violations. There is going to be some very high profile violations in April where someone is going to strike out because they were out of the box or there's going to be a bases loaded walk and everyone is going to lose their mind. The players are, the fans are, the media, like everyone is going to lose their mind about how this is the worst thing that's ever happened in baseball. And all I can tell you is just relax. Just, you got to weather the storm because the players will adjust. And I will say this, the first time that a batter had strike three called against him because he was out of the box, he learned. He learned really, really fast. Hmm. And the first time that a pitcher had ball four called against him because he missed the, the pitch clock, he learned. Now, I'm sure that he was steaming. He was upset. He wanted to scream and yell and blame everyone that he could possibly blame. But you learn. You learn really fast. And I can also tell you that 
the players that embraced it were able to benefit early and have a competitive advantage. So everyone just relax. And I know there's all of these like panic thoughts that a World Series game is going to be decided by this. And all I can say is learn the rule fast. That's what spring training's for. Hopefully by the time you get to May, there's going to be very few. And I really, really hope that by the time that we get to October, it's just, okay, you've had seven months now. This is the rule. Just play ball. Yeah. Okay. Interesting take. Interesting. Very interesting. Isn't this how um, Todd Helton got ejected from an Albuquerque Isotopes game? Was it about being upset about a pitch clock violation? Yes. Very good memory, Susie. He was here (laughs) visiting with Clint Hurdle. He did not know the rule existed. He was not, look, it's not his job to be up to date with all the experimental rules. And the best part was that when Warren Schaefer, our manager, went over to talk to the umpire, Schaefer said, do you know who you just ejected? And the umpire was like, no, I have no idea. And that's when Schaefer just started to laugh hysterically. He goes, you just ejected Todd Helton, the greatest Colorado Rocky of all time. Well done. Or maybe he didn't say well done. He probably said something else. <laughs> um, I'm glad that we have the rest of that story now, because I think you actually came on our show the day that that happened. And you were like, I didn't see all of it because minor league press boxes famously do not have <laughs> the best views. Yeah. But again, that was in April. So the strict enforcement began April 15th. And I would say that again, somewhere around May 15th, it's really rare to have a violation now. And most of the time these days, if there is a violation, it's between innings or with a pitching change. Guys just kind of like forget or they finish their warm up tosses. And then, you know, maybe they're, you know, checking with the catcher about like, okay, what, what's the signal? Uh, maybe they're checking the defense or whatever, and they just kind of forget. So, the, the other time that I would say a violation is, especially with a, when there's a pitcher who works from the stretch, right? And they come set. Some guys come set for a half second or a second, and then they fire home. Some guys will come set, and it's deep breath, kind of look around. And those are the pitchers that are most in jeopardy of getting a, a violation because they still have a routine. Once they come set, and now the clock can kind of speed up on them without them realizing it. Um, but again, they're pretty rare now. I think people are going to like it. I know there's a lot of baseball fans that in general just hate change. They don't want anything to do with change. They're going to fight it vehemently. I can tell you that there's so many coaches, scouts, players that have told me, I didn't think that I was going to like it, but not only do I like it, I like it a lot. And I hope that fans give it a shot and major league players give it a shot. And here's the other thing, Susie. I would say what easily 50%, maybe 75% of the players in the major leagues have played minor league baseball since 2015. So they are familiar with some type of clock, whether or not it was strictly enforced or not. They're familiar with some version of a pitch Mm -hmm. clock and whether they chose to utilize infinite amount of time because they're allowed in the major leagues or whether they chose to, to basically follow the clock once they got to the big leagues has been up to them, but most of them are somewhat familiar with the pitch clock. Yeah. All right. So this sounds promising. I'm excited to see it next year with all of the chaos and all of the quick games. Um, what's good coming up in Albuquerque. You guys got any good giveaways at this last, this is the last homestand of the season. Yes and no. So we have okay. three more today's friday yeah friday saturday sunday it's fan appreciation weekend that's always Mm -hmm. really fun and then we actually have three more games after another road trip so um yeah i mean we're gonna have fireworks we have one more mariachis game on sunday 
And, you know, like we usually get really good crowds for fan appreciation. And even those last three, it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and there's no like giveaway or anything, but we've basically doing a, um, a salute to healthcare workers and an nice. appreciation for them. And it looks like our attendance is going to be really, really good for those last three, which makes me really excited. And overall, I can tell you this, Susie, when it comes to baseball or minor league baseball in September, I wasn't sure what I would think of it. I'm used to having the entire month of September off and, you know, I'm just watching football and I'm vacationing. Maybe I'm going to a major league game. And at first I was like, yeah, I don't know if I really like this idea, but at the same time, the reason why we're playing so deep into September is because we get every Monday off and I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm rarely tired. It used to be that I was exhausted and cranky the whole season. That's no longer the case. And I love the weather in Albuquerque. I feel like pitchers have a chance in September in Albuquerque because it's not as hot. The ball doesn't carry as well. There's actually balls that get caught on the warning track instead of going over the fence. So I love September. I feel like our fans enjoy it. Our attendance is down a little bit. But that's probably because we stack our biggest promotions in June, July, August anyways. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. All right. We're excited to see how September goes down there, especially for our pitchers. But uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. We will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me on, Susie. All right. Always a good conversation with my good friend, Josh Sushan. Um, meanwhile, while we were airing all these interviews, we got some juice in the comments. Some juice. Some juice. Some juice. Someone was complaining that we're not talking about how the Rockies organization needs to turn things around and change things. I'm like, we, we talk about this all the time. We do talk about <laughs> what this. What else all did you want to know? <laughs> like, yes, we also think Dick Monfort should sell the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I do like, all right, we got Rocky in here, though, saying, we, when, so he commented this while Josh was talking about the changes coming, they need to keep the game how it is. Patrick Lyons, who has a day off, what is he doing in the comments? I have no idea. <laughs> Patrick Lyons. Remember when everyone was furious over the safety nets blocking their view? It was no big deal. Same will be true for the new rules. Oh, Patrick, well said. Look at that picture. <laughs> it's a great headshot. It's a great headshot. Just right in there. Thank you, Patrick, for joining us on your off day. <laughs> now stop watching. Let me host the show in peace. I feel like you're, no, I'm kidding. Um, okay, so we're going to get into some news and notes. You say the Rockies don't do anything. The Rockies made a big decision this week. They released uh, reliever Yuli Chassin, so that opens up a spot for sure. But after 14 major league seasons and eight with Colorado, the Rockies have parted ways. And Bud Black said earlier today that it was a tough decision because he is such a great guy, but he hopes he can be involved with the organization in the future. So basically, I feel like they broke up with him, but they were like, I hope we can still be friends. <laughs> Maybe they can. You never know. I hope they can. I hope they can. But it was a tough decision, but uh, Buddy also said that the Rockies want to focus on their younger players, which, of course, where Noah Davis comes in. They said that they wanted to, or Buddy said, rather, that the Rockies wanted to just get him acclimated to the big leagues sooner rather than later. So what we can expect from him. And I know we talked to, you know, Jeff Dooley about this just a couple of minutes ago, but Buddy's official pitching scouting report on him. Good breaking ball, good velocity, ability to spin the breaking pitch. Those are his strengths. So turning a page for the Rockies here. Out with the old, in with the new. Yeah, I'm excited to see the young guys play. Yeah, I want to see Noah Davis. We haven't seen him yet. We only saw two pitchers today in this game. 
That's like a weird game. <laughs> it was a weird game. It was a fast game. It was two hours and 10 minutes. God, gotta love that. Flew through it. Gotta love that. Quick and easy. Get us out of our misery sooner. Um, also, so we know Kyle Freeland is the Roberto Clemente Award nominee for the Rockies. Um, and of course, he is, I mean, a great pitcher, of course, but a great dude off the field. He is doing a giveaway. So see, if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll see the glove he's giving away. So he's going to do a contest to give away this glove. And he's also doing a contest to give away on-field passes for this upcoming Giants series to kind of, you know, just celebrate his award and also, you know, get some fans some good stuff before the end of the season. But yeah, he and his wife do so much for Special Olympics Colorado. So congratulations to him. Went to a, a great guy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you love to see it. I, I'm like, I didn't know Kale was chiming in or not. You love to see it. You love to see it. And also one more little bit of news the Arizona Fall League rosters were released, and I think one of the biggest surprises, Peter Lambert is on there. So he hasn't played at all this season. He had Tommy John earlier. He missed all of 2020, and he's been hurt all of this season. So he's been taking it easy. So hopefully we get to see him shine in Arizona. But we're also going to see on that Arizona Fall League team, Zach Veen warming Barnabelle. My favorite name in the Rockies organization. Uh, we're going to see Grant Levine and Warren Schaefer, Isotopes manager, will be the manager for the team down there. So excited to see some fall league and excited to talk about the Cubs fandom. So we had Caitlin Hendricks on. I talked to her earlier today. We're about to hear from her. But we had some great conversation. She's a content creator. But first, we're just going to shout out some of our sponsors like the American Rafters. This rugby club is composed of crossover athletes who have just ended their first season at 5-5, five and five, which is pretty great considering these former athletes are all coming together for the first time and putting their skills to the test in an entirely new sport. So if you haven't heard of the American Raptors, they are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. The American Raptors are athletes who have competed at the highest level of their respected sports. Now they're all rugby all day every day coming from backgrounds in football basketball baseball wrestling soccer track and field and more these athletes possess all the necessary skills to excel at the game of rugby so what's the best thing about hitting up an american raptors game they are free you heard it it's free head over to americanraptors.com and grab your free ticket for the upcoming season and if you can't make the game americanraptors.com will be streaming them all from their website so check it out but what's even better is our guy colton strickler has it all covered for you the weekly dnvr rugby podcast Hit the subscribe button. If you didn't get the ticket you wanted as an elite athlete, check out opportunities at Infinity Park. Rugby might just be your next ride. So follow Colton Strickler and the DNVR Rugby account to keep up with all the latest news. You can learn rugby with Colton's 101 Rugby Podcasts. Plus, he has exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches and provides betting advice on super rugby. That's pretty fun. Super rugby sounds terrifying. Rugby sounds terrifying. Super rugby? Is that legal? It is. <laughs> you can find all of that and more at AmericanRaptors.com. Now, speaking of, I don't know how to, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a transition master <laughs> like Patrick is. 
It's it's tough to it's a tough act to follow. The man's transitions. I swear he stares in the mirror and practices them every he, night before he bed. He might. He might. Speaking of crashes that was awful all right if you've been in a car crash that wasn't your fault and now you have injuries medical bills lost income property damage and have to deal with the disruption in your life now what where do you go don't assume the insurance companies will look out for you insurance companies go to great lengths to tilt the playing field in their favor and you need an experienced attorney to take your side and who is on your back. So that's where Travis legal offices come in. They understand how hard it is to deal with the aftermath of car collisions, and they want to be in your corner fighting for what you deserve. Travis legal offices is a family-run firm experienced in Colorado professional injury cases and insurance disputes. Travis Legal Offices has attorneys who are educated locally at DU and CU law schools and have a staff of more than 35 years of experience handling personal injury cases. So call Travis Legal Offices today at 303-766-8766 for a free consultation on your personal injury matter. That's 303-766-8766. You can also reach out 24-7 on the web at travislegaloffices.com. There is respect, response, and results, and Travis Legal Offices keeps that motto in mind every day and every case they work. So reach out today to Travis Legal Offices. All right. This is, I don't know how to transition. I can't do, I'm not Patrick. <laughs> I'm going to get us sued if I transition in and out of these things like I'm trying to. What do we got next, Susie? What do we got next? We're going to talk to Caitlin Hendricks, who is a fantastic content creator. Um, uh, and just, I think she's so great for the game of baseball, even though she's a Cubs fan. No, but she's absolutely delightful. Talked to her earlier today. So, Kale, let's hear what Caitlin has to say. All right, we are joined by Caitlin Hendricks. She is a baseball content creator and TikTok star who makes some great videos about the Cubs. She's a huge Cubs fan. Oh, yes. Caitlin, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. And also, our teams are are playing one another. Um, I know. I want to know. I mean, listen, Cubs fans have been through it. You know, they had to wait oh, longer yeah. than anyone for yeah. that World Series. Um What's your experience been like just rooting for this team? I mean, I've done it since I was out of the womb. So it's kind of like second nature for me now. And I've just been so used to us always like not being amazing. And then when we are good, it like always ends up in disappointment. So then 2016 was like the best time of my life. Like, I don't think I've ever been happier. I lived in California at the time and I literally was like, sorry, job, gotta go. Cubs are about to be in the World Series. Can't miss this. Um, and it was thrilling. And then like, now we're kind of back to like not being our best and people just like love to let us know that. And I always, I, every single time I'm always like, yeah, well, 2016, remember that. Don't forget. <laughs> you have that one year. You have more I than have the Rocky year. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, how did you get involved in making content about baseball, making all of these TikToks? You've been an MLB ambassador. How did you get into this realm of the internet? It's very strange. So whenever COVID started, um, that's kind of when I started TikTok. And I actually did a lot of like random kind of like relatable dating comedy content. So I never really did any sports, but I grew up loving baseball. I have four brothers. So if I did not love baseball, like I would be excommunicated. But um, whenever MLB came out with their 
TikTok creator class last year. I saw it and I was like, that's perfect for me. That's what I've been waiting for. So then I applied to it. So I made a TikTok basically um, applying for like why I should be an MLB content creator. And I got it, which I was shocked that I got it. I was like, I did not see this coming, but this is the best thing that could have happened to me. And um, that's kind of where it all started with the whole baseball content uh, and got to do a lot of really cool, like behind the scenes things with them and got a lot of really great access. I was at the World Series last year. Um, so that's how it all started. And then I, that's how it started. That's how it's going. Um, yeah, incredible. And also, you seem to have a pretty good relationship with the Cubs, too, because I definitely yeah. saw you getting all of the giveaways way ahead <laughs> of time. That is so clutch. Oh, my gosh. I loved that. And I still have them. I just got a bucket hat from them. And it's probably my favorite piece of fashion that I own. Bucket hats are having a moment right now. They really are. I'm kind of into it. What's your favorite <laughs> TikTok that you've made? Oh, gosh. I've made so many. I think one of my favorites is I made like a love story to Anthony Rizzo because I love Anthony Rizzo. Like He's like my favorite player. And whenever he was traded, I was heartbroken. And then I was going out to New York to go to the MLB offices. So I was like, what better time to make a love story video to Anthony Rizzo? And it's basically just like pretending that I'm like going to go meet this boy that I've loved forever and tell him my feelings in New York. And I'm really excited. I'm going to like surprise him at the Yankees game. And then um, it turns out to be Anthony Rizzo. So I like zoom in on him at first base at the Yankees game. <laughs> and I just, I loved it. That's amazing. Borderline stalking. No, no, it's, it's that's, fine. It's normal. that's hilarious. Everything's normal. <laughs> yeah. I guess you've seen a lot of, you know, you've seen a lot of great Cubs players leave yeah. very recently. We oh, have yeah. one of them, Chris Bryant. I um, know. Yeah. My heart. Not that we've seen a lot of them this season. I know. That it's makes fun. me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> if Chris Bryant were actually playing against the Cubs this weekend, would you actually, oh my make, gosh. would you have made a point a, to make it? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Chris coming home. How could I miss that? <laughs> I love, love it. it. I love it. Um, uh, okay. So also I was looking at your website. You're also such a, an accomplished photographer. You've so oh, many great thank picks. You. Thank you. All of these ones back here. I actually took. Ooh, I love it. Not that you can like really see them, but like they're there. <laughs> um so I'm going to ask you a question about being a sports fan and being a woman at the same time. Do you feel like yeah. a lot of people or a lot of guys will come up to you and be like, "Well, how did you become a baseball fan?" I feel like oh guys gosh. don't get that question about themselves, but I feel like women get it a lot. It's always like that thing where it's like, "Oh, I love baseball. Okay, name five players." And it's like, <laughs> "Why are you testing me? Why can't I just love a sport?" And like also I could name five players, so shut up. Um but <laughs> Yeah, I feel like being a woman in baseball, you get two different aspects of it. You either get the people that are like, oh my gosh, I love that you're representing women and that you know sports and like that's so cool. And then there's the aspect of like, okay, but you're a girl, like you really watch baseball. You're there to like drink and laugh with your friends. And I'm like, no, I'm there to watch baseball. I actually like baseball. Um, so you get both, you get both spectrums of that. I obviously like the people that are excited for me versus uh, the ones that want to test me, but you know, to each of them. Yeah. What's, have you ever gotten a question where you're just like, really, why did you, how could you ask me that? <laughs> I've been pretty lucky with TikTok where like people haven't really like asked me a lot of like questions that would be like offensive. I get more of like the comments that are like, 
they like people love to think that like I don't actually read my comments and don't actually see anything that they say and they always talk about me in third person and I'm like hi right here talking right to me okay um and I get ones that are always like um yeah she doesn't even watch baseball or yeah just another sad Cubs fan and I'm like okay that's gonna you have a nice day first of all I'm both yes <laughs> I do watch games and they make me sad yes so accurate <laughs> Very accurate. Um, uh, what? Okay, so you've done some cool collabs too with your content mm-hmm. creation. What's your favorite one that you've done this season? Oh my gosh, for sure, hundred percent was. Um, I went to Field of Dreams, and the dad in Field of Dreams, Dwyer Brown, he was at the game, sitting like right behind me, and I was like, everyone was making the um, the audio from Field of Dreams. It's like, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Um, and I, and that's his line. So I saw him and I was like, Dwyer, I'm Caitlin. I make a lot of TikToks. Can we recreate this moment? And we recreated that moment and he was lip syncing to himself. And I was like, if I never made another video again, that would be fine because this is everything to me. That is unreal. What a once, so in, a cool. life, a once in a lifetime TikTok opportunity. I know. And he was so sweet. Oh my gosh. He was like my favorite person because he was so excited to do it one. And then he just wanted it to be perfect. So like, if he messed up, we'd like watch it back and he'd be like a little bit off. And I'd be like, Oh, like I can edit it. Like, don't worry about it. Cause I didn't want to bug him. Um, and he'd be like, no, 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 we have to get it perfect. And he'd like redo it until he got it. And I was like, I love you. A true performer. <laughs> yes. So, he was dedicated so good. Craft. Yeah. And then afterwards he was just like, I'm going to be pretty TikTok famous now. So, you know, no pictures, please. And I was like, you're hilarious too. Okay. Got it. Um, I want to hear more about the field of dreams game and the, the hologram. What was it like in person? I mean, I feel like everybody was so just like, ah, about the hologram. And if I'm being honest, when the hologram was happening was when I was making my TikTok with Dwyer. So I didn't actually see it in person. Oh my gosh. I know. That's the life of a content creator. You're off making something and sometimes you miss other things. It was funny because like the entire game, I was like, every time I go to games and I have to make content, I feel like I barely get to see the game. And more than half the time, I'm like, I just kind of want to sit and watch the game. So like whenever I get to do that, I'm like, I'm going to do that. And at this game, I was like, I'm going to make all my content before. And then like, I'll take a couple of like B-roll shots during the game. And obviously get them walking out of the corn and like get all the cool moments. Um, but not actually like, put anything together. Like I'll do a recap after the game because like whenever am I going to be at the field of dreams mm-hmm. watching my team playing? Like that's never gonna happen again, probably. So I was like, I'm gonna be in this moment, I'm gonna watch the game. And I watched all of the game, like all of it, except that moment when I was making that video. That was the only time that I made a video throughout the entire game because I was like, I'm gonna be in the moment, I have to watch the game, I have to experience this, this is so cool. I was just like grinning ear to ear the entire time. And then of course that. And then everyone's like, oh my gosh, did you see the Harry Carey thing? And I was like, no, I didn't. But I was there. <laughs> I was there. How could you have known? How could, you were trying to enjoy the game. That was your opportunity at the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> I know. It was crazy. It happens. It happens. Now, how yeah. many ballparks have you been to? I've been to, it was 10 as of last year or as earlier this year, but then I went to Oracle this year. Did I only go to Oracle? I think I'm at 10 or 11. Yeah. 
10 or 11. What's your I'm getting there. You're getting there. You're getting there. I'm What's getting your favorite there. that you've been to besides Wrigley? I was like, other than Wrigley, I'm always going to say Wrigley number one. Um, Oracle. Oracle yeah. was so gorgeous. It was so nice. And like everything about it. I was like, this is amazing. But also like I went to um, Houston and Atlanta last year for the World Series. And they all have like their things about them that make them kind of the best. So Houston was cool because one, it was raining the entire time that we were there. So they have the dome and everything, which is awesome. But then they have the train that goes around. And I actually got to ride on the train um, to make a video. I know. It was awesome. The was access so cool. you have is incredible. <laughs> it was amazing. But so then I have like these biased views because I was on the train in Houston. So I got that really cool experience. But then Atlanta at Truist, it's like everything around the ballpark mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Like, the surrounding area is so cool. And then the stadium's cool, too. So there, there are different quirks and things that I like about every stadium, but Wrigley will always be my number one because I think it's just like a classic old school ballpark. And then Oracle was just like beautiful. I My issue with Wrigley is that wherever I sat at Wrigley, I went twice last year. Wherever yes. I sat, I could not see a damn thing. Oh my gosh, where were you sitting? <laughs> I was, I was like in the 200s at one of the games and like the overhang just like blocked out like oh, all no. of the outfield <laughs> but it's clutch in uh the winter and in rainy days on rainy days yes the winter so you know <laughs> aka all all season <laughs> except like two months yeah i was gonna say when i was at wrigley i was at wrigley last year before the fire sale and after the fire sale but yeah. like during the summer like it was just I feel like every day that I was in Chicago was like a hundred degrees and it was Oh my gosh. The summer it's it's so crazy because the winter is so bad, but then the summer is like so bad in the other direction. I was in the pictures one game on June or July and dying of heat. You literally can't even sit on the bleachers because they are so hot. So you have to like mm-hmm. ease your way in and you're just like <sighs> But like it gets brutal out there. And then the bleachers have no shade anywhere. So no hope of any kind mm-hmm. of relief, um, unless you get out of your seats. Uh, yeah. so it, it gets brutal in the summer. It does. It does for sure. Um, yeah. okay. So uh, do you come from a long line of Cubs fans? Um, I like do. I always wonder like, okay, these cities that have two baseball teams, I'm like, how do you pick your team? I'm assuming usually it, it comes from the family, you know? But Yeah. I was going to say, I think you're born into it because Everyone that I know in my family, all generations have been Cubs fans. My grandma was the biggest Cubs fan and she got to go to one of the World Series games, which was so great. Oh and um, she passed away a couple years ago, but she got to see them win the World Series before she passed away. And I was like, yes. Oh, what a, that's amazing. Yeah, it was so great. She was that's like the biggest cool. Cubs fan. She had so many Cubs clothes and like they're all like the oversized things. And she just looked so cute because she was just this tiny little grandma. I know. Send picks. I know. <laughs> um, did you ever think, like, maybe in like 2005, like, mm, maybe I'll be a White Sox fan for a minute? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I am loyal. I feel like Cubs fans are always loyal. That's what I love about Cubs fans. No matter what, no matter how bad we are, no matter how many hundreds of years it'll take us to get a World Series win, we will remain Cubs fans. We will always show up. We will always cheer for our team. We will always love them, no matter how much they hurt us. That's, I love that sentiment. I love that yes. sentiment. <laughs> uh, one last thing. Okay. So well, you 
have made so many great TikToks about baseball. Thank what you. is your dream collab for a TikTok? Oh gosh, dream collab. Probably something with Anthony Rizzo. That would be awesome because he's literally my favorite player. Ideally, I'd have like some big collab with like all of my favorite players that would just kind of like show up and it'd be like some kind of funny skit that we all did together. But if I could just get Anthony Rizzo, that would be like chef's kiss. Maybe like a like a bachelorette before I'm going to be your biggest fan. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How fun would that be? That would be so fun. So fun. Um, Caitlin, tell us where we can follow you on social media and find all of your great content. Yeah, you can find me on TikTok or Instagram at Caitlin underscore Hendricks or on Twitter at Caitlin Hendricks. But Hendricks on Twitter is with an X because it could not fit my entire name. So annoying how Twitter. You would think that they would figure that out by now. Yeah, you would think, (laughs) but they won't. Nope. Caitlin, thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy the weekend. Great talking to you. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. All right. That was fun. I liked that. All right. This was such a jam-packed show that it is, it's over now. That was incredible. What a time we've had, Kale. We've had such a great time. Such a time. So coming up the rest of this Cubs series, Wade Miley is on the mound for the Cubs tomorrow against Jose Urania and Javier Assad will pitch for the Cubs on Sunday versus Ryan Feltner. So Patrick and I will be back on Sunday for our post-game show And we got to go because Kale and I have the Friday afternoon club to go to at the DNVR bar. We're back. We're not done yet. I was going to throw to the end. I'm so sorry. (laughs) This is the biggest producer flub I've ever had. That's not true. But but yeah, Kale, you excited for the Friday afternoon? Super excited for the Friday. One might say too excited for the Friday afternoon. You're so excited that you just ended the show before I said goodbye. I might have done that. Whoops, sorry. (laughs) Okay, Kale, I'll take the hint. Um, We will talk to you again soon. Follow us at dnvr underscore rockies on twitter you can find me at the suzy hunter on all platforms you can find kale at kale sorbo at kale sorbo with two l's kale with two l's on twitter he's got some great pictures such great pictures um so yeah follow us talk to us come back on sunday it'll be fun and you know what they say about show closes something about momentum no no no. that's not me I don't know Uh, how the show closes. I never knew how to do them. So we'll talk to you on Sunday.